Jesus, we thank you, Lord. I stand before you now. The greatness of your renown. I have heard of the man. 
So we will move with you, Lord. Wherever you go, we will move with you, Lord. We need your move, Lord, so we can follow your move. Where you go, Lord, we'll go. What you say, we'll say. What you do, we'll do. We'll move with you, Lord. We'll move with you, Lord. And mountains are still being moved. And strongholds are still being loosed. And God, we believe. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. And bodies are still being raised. And giants are still being slain. And God, we believe, yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for
My soul will raise. 
lovely to be joining you today on our Frontline series and I'm going to be talking to you about 
the, we've, you know that the Frontline series is the six M's, and I am M number five, a mouthpiece for truth and justice. So just a quick recap, remember the first three was modeling the character of God, making good work, and then ministering grace and love. And those were the consistency frontline um, topics. And we're now into the courage um, frontline topics, which is molding culture, which was last week. This week is a mouthpiece for truth and justice. And then we end up with being messengers of the gospel. So I really counted a privilege um, and an honor to be sharing on a mouthpiece of truth and justice. As you know, we are living in a VUCA world. It's volatile, it's uncertain, it's complex, and it's ambiguous. And so many times we're not even um, sure. It's what applied 10 years ago, doesn't apply now. What applied 20 years ago definitely doesn't apply now. And we need consistency and courage to hold steady in times like this. Injustice is everywhere. And sometimes it can be quite overwhelming just to know how do we fit into this? How can we make a difference? Um, can we make a difference is sometimes the question that we ask ourselves. But we have a hope that is in the person of Jesus Christ. And that hope um, is in the, the holiness of the person of Jesus Christ. As we gaze on him, as we behold him, we ourselves are transformed. And then we can take that transformation and that ever-growing love into the world around us. If someone needs to speak up, can it possibly be us? If someone needs to act justly, could it be us? And 1 Peter 3.5 tells us that but in our hearts, we honor Jesus Christ. He is the Holy One. Are we always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us to those that ask questions? And can we give a reason for this hope with gentleness and respect? Gentleness and respect would be the markers that would make us different from those around us in this time. So as we respond to our front lines with hope, with gentleness, with respect, I think what's always lovely to recognize is that we are able to do this in our own way. Um, God has made us all unique and we are brave in different ways. We are not all brave in the same way. We are brave in different ways, which really gives us opportunity and capacity to engage from the person that we are. Nobody's saying you must do it like this or you must do it like that. But I, I really believe that we all have a place in this whole aspect of being a mouthpiece for truth and justice in our times. Evil is not easily dethroned. And sometimes our good intentions don't always translate into good actions. We need to persevere. We need to keep doing what is right. And we need each other in this. We need to be praying for one another, encouraging one another, supporting one another, especially when we're facing uh, situations that are really challenging and one needs great wisdom to know how to respond with hope, 
with gentleness, with respect. Many of our community have stepped out courageously and have been that person that has spoken up. Um, they've been that mouthpiece. Um, they've acted justly. They've reflected God's values. Um, God's values in the six um, models that we've spoken about, the six M's, in consistency, in courage, um, with patience and love. There's real life sacrifice involved too. It, um, it doesn't come for free. We need to be committed to what it is that we're doing. Um, to have a posture of learning, not a posture of finger pointing. Posture of learning where our work is also our worship and that our space of work, it's the same Hebrew word, avoda. Work and worship is exactly the same Hebrew word, that our work is our worship. And then to learn how to love our neighbor. And I'm going to speak about that a little bit later on. Some, even in our community, have paid a terrible price for being a mouthpiece of truth and justice. And today we salute them. We salute them, we honor them for their courage and for standing up so that we would have a better world to live in for ourselves, for our children, for our grandchildren, for the generations to come. And so we need one another to cheer each other on, to be praying, to be committed, to be encouraging one another in this space. You see, justice is always relevant. Justice is not just for today. Um, the value of every human being is from the foundations <laughs> of the earth. The, your value as a person, my value as a person, translated to every human being that we meet. The value of that person gives me value. The value that I have as a person translates onto somebody that is vulnerable and, um, and needing somebody to speak up for them. Um, so this, the value of us as human beings uh, translates into this area of truth and justice in a very tangible, in a very real way. What's remarkable to me is this whole sphere of truth and justice brings life and it brings transformation. It's almost impossible to relate in this area and not be transformed. Um, many years ago, 1994, the year of our first democratic election in South Africa. I was in London for two weeks and I went to a church on, um, on Trafalgar Square. It was called um, St. Martin's in the Field. And they have a sculptor, as you walk into these big cathedral doors, they have a sculptor of a baby boy with these fat little chubby legs. And, um, and it's, I've never forgotten it. It's, I was just struck by this image of Emmanuel. God with us. And then I walked into the church and stuck on the prayer board was message after prayer after message after prayer of another nation praying for us in our 1994 elections, that it would be a smooth um, and it would be a, a transition without violence. And I encountered mouthpieces for truth and justice in another nation. So God has told us, O oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love mercy or to love kindness, and to walk humbly 
before the Lord. This comes out of Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. It's a scripture that many of us know well. And I would encourage you, if you have six, seven minutes, there's an excellent clip on the book of Micah um, under the Bible Project. You just Google it, Bible Project, book of Micah. It's excellent if you have a few minutes to take a look at that to give you context where this verse comes from, that we would love justice, that we would keep living, acting, doing, engaging, um, justly to live rightly, to bring a difference into our society, that we would love kindness. Isn't that interesting? Remember gentleness and respect. We reveal the hope, the power of Jesus Christ. We reveal that hope with gentleness and kindness. We speak up, we act, we engage, we make the difference where we can, and we bring the hope of the Holy God into our different situations with gentleness and with respect. The thing about humility is this. If we don't have humility, we stop learning. The minute we start to judge, judge another, judge ourselves, judge a situation, and I'm not saying we don't need discernment, but I'm talking about when we judge, when we finger point. Um, the minute we begin to judge, we stop learning. And, and, and this whole space is a transformational space. My life has been completely changed in this space. And sometimes I wonder if more than in other spaces. I can't, I can't evaluate that, but I do wonder. And so justice <clears throat> is not just for today. Justice is needed. It has been throughout the ages. It's needed for today. It is for sure going to be needed for tomorrow. I'd like us to go back into the scriptures and we are going to talk about a king, his mistress, and a mouthpiece for truth and justice. So in 2 Samuel um, chapter 11 and then leading on into chapter 12, we encounter King David and he saw somebody. He saw a woman that he wanted and he was the king. So he got her pregnant and he began to act in a very unkingly fashion. His devoted, devoted soldier Uriah was the husband of the mistress. He arranged his murder, he betrayed his loyalty, and ended up marrying the woman and thought that he had made it all better. But there was a man who was prepared to risk everything in order to be a mouthpiece for truth and for justice, not because he judged David, but because he wanted to bring him back, bring him back to a right path, bring him back off the path that would lead to destruction and chaos. Um, and so he had to find a wise way to communicate his concerns. And Nathan spoke about sheep, and he spoke about cattle, and he spoke about a lamb, and he told a story of a greedy man who had everything but wanted more. And David saw the analogy. He repented, and what's interesting is he said, Lord, I have sinned against you. 
And of course there were consequences for his actions, but he came back onto the path of right. He came back to be able to hold his space of authority because Nathan had been prepared to speak up and to be a mouthpiece of truth and justice. We have somebody that is um, part of our community, has been for many years and is currently on staff and, and we would like to honour Andy Tanza today. He's going to share his testimony in a clip when he was a mouthpiece of truth and justice. Picture it, a boardroom, your colleagues and your boss. The atmosphere is tense as your boss asks you to cast a vote for something that goes against the grain of your moral fiber. You know that some of your colleagues feel equally uncomfortable, but they don't speak up. It's up to you. You don't even like conflict. The strain is real. What do you do? The inner battle and external pressure of situations like this may be familiar to some of you. It's not easy to stand up for truth and justice. Let me share a story about someone in our community. Andy works in finance. He now heads up the finance team right here in our church, but was previously employed at a company in which dealings weren't always above board. He had many opportunities to take the easy way out and go with the flow, but instead took a stand for truth and justice. One of Andy's responsibility was to sign off on large amounts of money for valid expenditure. One day, his superior asked him to sign off on a request for something he knew was not justified. So I, I received a request uh, for, for bridging a, a project that was still new, which was not typical to how bridging finance was done on existing uh, project. And, and that didn't make sense uh, to me. This was not right. But unfortunately, it was often the way things were done and everyone was expected to fall in. But Andy would not be swayed. When his team fails to serve as the gatekeeper, he would be the one to hold the line. I don't want to be part of something that, is, uh, that I know is wrong, that I consciously know is wrong. And uh, I would say no, even if I don't know what risk I will get myself into. It wasn't easy to stand up to his superiors. Truth-telling and right-dealing sometimes come at a personal cost. But Andy pushed past the fear and responded to what he knew was right in the moment. If, if, I, if I don't do that, let's say in a position that I'm in, then the money would flow. The money would be paid out to the organisation. And I would be left knowing that I allowed something that was wrong to happen. Andy did not sign off on the request. He stopped the misappropriation of funds and the lining of pockets. Was he popular with his boss? Certainly not. Interesting enough, over the 10 years Andy worked there, it became known that his actions and words could be trusted. And whenever there was an internal investigation that needed objective input, Andy's consistent courage resulted in him being called in as the man to provide honest information. Andy, it's a privilege to have you on our team to continue our legacy of maintaining such a high standard of excellence in our church's financial dealings. 
So Andy risked everything to stand up for what was right, to prevent a misappropriation of funds, of big funds. He found a way to gently and with respect and with firmness hold the line in terms of what was right and what was wrong. And we salute you, Andy, um, today. We're so honoured to have you as part of our staff actually looking after our finances. Isn't that fantastic? Um, so very appropriate. So not all of us have had a chance to be an Andy, but whether it's just to speak up for somebody that is discouraged or somebody that's not being well taken care of, um, in whatever situation we find ourselves, um, we too can be this mouthpiece for truth and for justice. Can I take a few minutes and give you a survival kit for this land of truth and justice? I'm going to be quick, and, um, but it's, it's a survival kit that I think has helped me so many, many times to be able to keep on loving, to be able to keep engaged, to be able to keep um, giving what I can in a world that is overwhelming and complicated. Um, so this is, this is it. want to learn to love our neighbour, we need to go the long way round. There's, there's an idiom that says the longest way, um, the shortest way home is the long way round. The shortest way home is the long way round. So in order to love our neighbour, we need to go through four steps, not one step. And it's this. Let God love you. While we were yet sinners, God loved us. Let him love you. As you are overwhelmed by his love, experience his love, love him back. Step number two, love him back. Then he loved you. And the trick is to learn to love yourself, to accept the beautiful things about yourself, the courageous, the strong, um, the excellent things about yourself, and also accept the limitations of your mortality, the, the limitations of your humanity, of my humanity which is why we need one another. We love ourselves, and in the process of loving ourselves, we can love our neighbor, because we love our neighbor as ourselves. And so to the extent that we love our neighbor is always a reflection of the extent to which we rightly love ourselves. So um, Romans talks about that we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. We should not think of ourselves more lowly than we ought. Um, Psalm 139 tells you how wonderfully and beautifully you are made. But as we love ourselves rightly, we are able to love our neighbor rightly. So that's the survival kit. Whenever you find your love, your gentleness, your respect growing thin and stretched, go back to the beginning. Let God love you. Love him back. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. And that brings us to a place where we can be a mouthpiece for truth and justice, where we can act, where we can engage without judgment because we have understood our own humanity, our own limitations, and therefore we don't judge those around us. I'd like to wrap up with a story. Two stories. May I tell you two stories? Um, the first one is, I call it, I didn't stop. 
And um, it was supposed to be the story of the Good Samaritan, but it wasn't. And I was, I was driving to a meeting. I was under pressure. I felt I had to be at the meeting. And our children were still small. A mom from the class of, the, of our little ones um, had got stuck on the side of the road. And somebody had stopped uh, to help her, but I could see that she was anxious. And I weighed up, should I stop or should I be in time for the meeting? I chose to be in time for the meeting and I drove past. I didn't stop. And it changed me in a good way because I embraced my humanity and my own brokenness in needing to be affirmed in the meeting rather than to stop for somebody who needed help. The second story, I was shopping at the at the little grocery shop down the road. I needed to get some supplies. It was after work and I was on my way home and I had my trolley full of goodies and I unpacked the trolley. I uh, opened up a conversation with the gentleman standing behind me, um, some 20 years younger than I am, beautifully dressed and well-spoken and um, so lovely. And we were just chatting. And as I unpacked my groceries, he leaned across with his credit card and he said, I'll get that. I said, no, um, I'm, I'm good for this. I'm okay. He said, no, let me get that. I was completely taken aback because it was not the way, the balance that I'd understood society to be demanding of me. It was an unlikely person. It was a generous and kind and gentle and respectful person. And in that moment, I was transformed because he stepped forward and he said, let me get that, paid for my groceries, and I have never forgotten it. We don't know when the moment of transformation will come. We don't know what we will learn from one another in this space of being a mouthpiece for truth and justice. And what that gentleman did for me was he showed me right living without saying a word. He merely said, let me get that. And I was transformed in that moment. I still love going to that particular shop just for the memory of being there. He has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to love justice, to do justice, I beg your pardon, to do justice, to love mercy and kindness, and to walk humbly before your God. And so the commendation is that to him who is able to keep you, to prevent you from stumbling, and to present you blameless in the presence of his glory with great joy. It is to him the only God, our Saviour through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our hope that is within us, 
the one who has glory and majesty and dominion and authority, all of it belongs to him before all time and into now and forever. May it be for him, our love for him, our love for ourselves in a right place and our love for each other that enables us to be mouthpieces of truth and justice. The Lord bless you. Amen.